Hello and welcome to another episode of the Microsoft Spotlight. Today I'm joined by my usual co-host John, and today I can actually get the guest name right. So it's Mahona Bachara who's joining us from Microsoft. So Mahona, how are you doing? Oh, so Mahona, how are you doing? Almost. I, I did so well. Hold on, I did so well, and then I screwed it up. But you know, I'll, I'll keep running with it because it's it's me. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm doing really well. Um, um, the weather is really nice. It's peak summer, so really uh, the mood kind of aligns with how the summer weather goes on. So doing really good. It looks nice outside your window. You can have like seeing like a little view outside the window. It looks quite nice. Oh yeah. So this is actually my office. So I have two big glass doors. There's a behind the glass door. So irrespective of how the weather is, I always get some light. So that was like, I really needed some light all the time. So yeah, the view, there is uh, actually the uni one university here and there's a canal um, uh, uh, just uh, around 200 meters away. So. And you're in the Amsterdam area, right? Uh, so I actually stay in a city called Amersfoort, uh, which is a bit um, around 40 minutes away from Amsterdam, but it's mm -hmm. like a beautiful uh, city in itself and has a lot of uh, a historical background to it. So it's kind of like Amsterdam with all canals and everything, but it's in the center of Netherlands. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. so the only place on there outside of Amsterdam is Harlem. That's a, that's a nice area. Oh, Harlem is beautiful. So it's in the northern Holland, and uh, this is uh, this is actually very close to a very big um, national park in Netherlands called the Willu, where you have a lot of a um, uh, lot of different uh, botanical uh, varieties of plants and flowers, and a lot of wildlife. So this is uh, also close to another national park, which is the Utrecht National Park. And it's right in the center of Netherlands, so also very close to um, Germany as well. Awesome, awesome. So, Mahana, would you like to kind of go through what we do with the put on the Star Podcast? Just go yeah. through what what people are doing at the moment. What's what are you, what are you doing at Microsoft at the moment? And we'll go from there. Absolutely, um, John. So I am part of the Industry Solutions Engineering um, Amsterdam Hub. And I belong to the financial services industry. So what we do at ISC is basically we engage with um, customers because I'm part of the financial domain. So we will be engaging with customers from the financial industries like banks or any other financial organizations. We have something called as um, short engagements, which can span up to from three months to six months where we follow a code with customer model. So customer brings a problem to us and a problem which is like basically needs to go to production, for example. So we form a team, um, some engineers from the customer side, engineers from our side, and we work on a code with model to implement that solution so that the customer is empowered to take it to production. And uh, after we finish uh, such engagements, we basically move on to some other engagement. So we get a period between this to basically share our learnings from that previous engagement to the wider community. So as part of the team here, uh, we have different hubs. So we have an Amsterdam hub, we have a London hub, we have a Switzerland hub. So I'm part of the Amsterdam hub and my team consists of around five to six folks with a dev lead, a technical uh, program manager, other engineers, and we engage with other um, customer engineers whenever we have a project. 
So that's what uh, currently we are working on. Currently, I am. Um, we are in between engagements where we are in the sharing phase, uh, where we are kind of accumulating all our learnings from our last engagement, and uh, we will be providing solutions to the wider Azure community. Awesome. So, um, obviously, you're not native from the, the Netherlands. So, you want to tell us where you've come from, where you started at, from from the school age all the way up. Absolutely. So I actually uh, hail from India and um, I belong to the eastern part of India, but because my uh, father, my late father, who uh, was in the Indian defense, um, I basically stayed all over across India throughout my childhood. So there is no specific place I can call as home because whenever people ask me, OK, which city do you call home? And I never have an answer to it because my childhood was all over the place. And I kind of say that I'm like a um, a pan-Indian or something because I've stayed throughout India. So I originally hailed from India. Um, uh, I was staying um, before um, immigrating to Europe. I was staying in Bangalore and working there. So I started my uh, schooling basically in the northern part of India. I moved a lot of over schools, so I mostly studied in convents. I also studied in army schools, and I um, did my engineering from uh, Bitspilani, uh, which is uh, a really big school uh, back in India. And I, I actually have two degrees. So I have a degree in computer science and a master's in chemistry. Um, so two different degrees, one science degree, one engineering degree. And after doing uh, completing my uh, degree, I went on to join um, Target Corporation, which is a retailer back in the United States, but they have a tech office and a headquarter in India. From uh, Target, um, I actually got an opportunity to first uh, move to Germany, where I was working for Wayfair uh, as a backend engineer. And after working for Wayfair, um, I uh, got an opportunity to come back to India because uh, my family needed me there at that moment. And I joined Walmart. So uh, Walmart was one of my biggest dreams to join um, since my college days because we used to have a lot of organizations come to us for recruitment and Walmart had a very good um, tech stack and things to work with. So uh, after I uh, came back to Germany, I joined uh, Walmart. And um, after working for Walmart for two and a half years, uh, my husband got an opportunity to move to the Netherlands. So then uh, I started seeking out opportunities to see how I can work in the Netherlands. And finally, after working for HelloFresh and Philips, uh, I got an opportunity to work at Microsoft last year and I joined Microsoft. So a lot of uh, a lot of travel in my uh, last six and a half years of working. So I completed around seven years of uh, work uh, this year. I started working in 2016. I'd say one of your biggest career highlights, obviously joining Microsoft, isn't it? Oh yeah, so same like Walmart. Um, so this is a very funny, a very funny story. Microsoft used to come to our college um, for recruitment, but they used to come. So we used to have some concept like day zero, day one, day two. So you will have the biggest organizations coming for recruitment on day zero. 
and they would be extremely selective in who they are picking up. So people, uh, you will have hundreds of students going on for the interviews, but they will just pick up one or two who will join the organization. So in my time, they uh, recruited a couple of folks who were uh, really uh, like the gold medalist in our college. So I always used to wonder that, um, it, can there be a someday when I can actually become part of Microsoft? And that dream, you guys won't believe, existed from 2016. So when Microsoft used to have um, tech drives in Bangalore, I would I, I went for one. And unfortunately, in the last round, I was not selected. So that was like an incomplete dream. And then when I was trying to find uh, move roles last year, out of the blue, a uh, Microsoft recruiter contacted me on LinkedIn that there is this opportunity out there in this team. And firstly, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, Netherlands has a dev team in Microsoft. I never knew that. So that's why I wanted to speak a little bit about industry solutions engineering as well. So I was like, okay, this is my opportunity. Why not just try for it? And you won't believe that message came on on a Friday night at around 11 p.m. And I opened my LinkedIn and I'm like, okay, this could mean something. And then I had a month long of interviews and it finally happened. So it feels like a very fulfilled, fulfilled dream, to be honest. Yeah, I bet. Ooh, I bet. And um, to be fair, going through like your career history like you've you've got some some big names like everyone is a very like recognized yeah. global brand you managed yeah. to get through a lot I mean everyone knows who Target, Wayfair, Walmart, HelloFresh, Philips, Microsoft yeah. like every single one is a global like superstar or not <laughs> so it must say something really good about yourself if, if you're if you're if you're able to get into um and work for so many like high-end um uh, retailers and 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 corporations so yeah well done that's Thank incredible so since 2016 as well yeah i think um for me especially uh the biggest so uh i ended up leaving uh one of the previous organizations for example um i left target because one of my mentors was working in Germany and he was like, why don't you try for this role? This could be an exciting experience and you would get to experience Europe. And for me, being born and brought up in India, I've never been, I was never out of my country. So I thought, why not just try for it? So that's one of the reasons I left Target to go join for Bayfair. And um, after working for a year at Bayfair, uh, because my family needed me back, I was looking back to move back to India. And Walmart happened. And to be honest, um, for me, uh, leaving Walmart was one of the most difficult decisions because it was a very supportive organization. I grew a lot in the organizations. And I had people, I was working with colleagues and leaders who supported me throughout my entire journey. Like they made they made sure that I was learning new things. I got opportunities to grow and cross collaborate in teams. So leaving that organization for me personally was one of the most difficult decisions I had to take. And uh, to be honest, in my experience, um, for example, when I joined HelloFresh, I joined um, an all-male 
uh, an all-male team. But the work culture and how each team member took care of each other in that team, I really wanted to call out in this podcast, was really amazing as well. So touch wood, thankfully, all the organizations I've worked with, I've always had leaders and colleagues who supported um, each other throughout, like at least in my experience. There you go, start off. And that's one of the questions we always ask is like, you know, all about the teams that you've worked in because it's yeah. obviously, you know, IT market is such a male-dominated arena. Yeah. So it's always interesting to see, you know, what kind of support you've got from your male colleagues because I know I'm a male champion within my organisation for Jitsu, so I'm trying my best to build a male charter, um, try and encourage more males within the business to become, you know, male allies and actually support yeah. our colleagues and, you know, going to that next level. So, you know, have you always then had really, uh, you know, good support from all the teams you've ever worked in? Yeah, so mostly I would say 90%, to be honest. Um, the thing like which I mentioned regarding Walmart, for example, I worked with some leaders to whom I would say that um, I was really interested, for example, in cross-stream collaboration. I didn't want to work within the team all the time, but also support other areas and try new, uh, new POCs or some things. And I had such male leaders who were like, okay, let's find opportunities for you to cross-collaborate. And for me, that was a really big thing. That's someone who actually listened and it led to proper actions. So, that was my experience, especially back at Walmart, even at Target. Like, for example, this is one specific, very first incident that happened. Um, uh, there was a new POC being developed in cybersecurity, and I was interested. So I told my manager that I'm interested for this, and he said, okay, but you would have to demo it to, to really experience principal engineers. And I was like, just a fresher, like, uh, will they even consider me or not? And they, uh, they were like, okay, let's see what her demo is. At least even opening the door for me to demo something, being a fresher was also really inclusive. So I still remember um, from that project, the principal engineer who till date is my mentor still. So he has guided me throughout everything. Like, Mohana, this is a challenge for you. Do you want to do it? Do you want to take it up or not? So I think, to be honest, in my experience, I have had such good examples of colleagues, as you mentioned, Andy, male allies, who have really contributed to my growth, uh, my family included. Also, my like my husband has been one of my biggest allies, to be honest. Awesome. So it's always easy if you've got people, you know, around you supporting as well in your career. Yeah. Yeah, true, true. So, so how do you not really have, have you found like living in a, in a brand new country? I mean, you've you've gone to Germany and and, and Holland now. Yeah. Netherlands. Like how how have you found have you found much culture shock going somewhere completely different? How have you how have you found relocating through your career? I mean, it's something I've never ever dreamed I thought of doing, like moving to another country. I think people from the UK are, are are a lot different. I think when people in the UK stay in the UK and and there's not really too many that go go away for work in, in my experience. Yeah. So um Honestly, um, when I first moved to Germany, uh, 
Uh, I moved to Berlin, um, and it is a very big metropolitan city. And uh, fortunately, the organization I was part of had a lot of expats, like expats from all over the world. So mingling with them was pretty easy. But let's say uh, mingling or making friends with the community itself was um, outside the organization was a little difficult because at that time I could not converse in German. So it was always really difficult to find people who spoke English as well. And I used to become really restricted in my friend circle. So it would only involve colleagues from my place or friends of friends. So I think that thing was really difficult for me to integrate into the society. But um, surprisingly, uh, when I moved to Netherlands, um, just not the organization, which has a lot of expats, almost everyone speaks um, English here in the Netherlands. So it was very easy to actually integrate and um, one really nice thing about the Dutch people is that they will always switch to English when they see you struggling with few words of Dutch, for example. And I, I think that's a really inclusive thing, like you're making the other person feel comfortable. And then I also start making an effort, okay, let me learn a bit of Dutch to converse with them. So I think that was a more pleasant change uh, coming to the Netherlands. And... Um, being part of such big organizations always really helps because you have people from all over the all over the world so it's always easier to meet friends i kind of struggled a little bit when i was working with philips because we did not have that many expats so my experiences are not that common or doesn't actually overlap with experiences of my colleagues but when i joined microsoft i found people all over the World. Like even if though we work in the Amsterdam office, we have a very uh, diverse um, um, group of engineers and technical program managers and dev leads from all across the world. So it's very nice for a diverse environment, I would say. Yeah, obviously I know Microsoft obviously are very diverse, very inclusive. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's all about equal opportunities there. I mean, what's what's it like? I mean, we spoke to you know many different guests from Microsoft from right. the US, the UK. So, what's right. Microsoft Netherlands like? So, Microsoft Netherlands. Um, right now, I can speak about my organization, um, Industry Solutions Engineering. So, we have uh, three to four crews here. Uh, basically, um, like my crew works for financial financial services. There are other crews working for. Um, healthcare, uh, media manufacturing. So Microsoft Netherlands is a very small um, organization compared to the other big headquarters. But we have like an office at Schiphol. Uh, uh, we have a lot of consultants and a lot of cloud solution architects. The dev teams uh, are really small here, at least like at least part of my organization, we have three dev teams. But again, Microsoft Netherlands is also full of a lot of expats and immigrants and people from all across the world. So um, I personally wasn't aware that Microsoft even existed in Netherlands until the uh, recruiter reached out to me on LinkedIn. But it's, it's, uh, it's a small organization, but it's not that well-known, to be honest, at least. Like, if you ask a lot of people here, they will be like, oh, Microsoft is there in Netherlands? We didn't know. 
so um that that is that 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 is one thing i was like okay it needs to be more um, called out in the open that they do have a dev office they do have an office here in the netherlands i mean yeah they've got offices literally everywhere yeah, I was like, I didn't know that. Like, I used to think, okay, they have office in uh, US. Uh, it's really big in India because they have a lot of tech headquarters in India. So for a fact, I know, okay, India has a lot of offices. Then I knew maybe somewhere, I knew about Prague office, but now it has offices um, like Netherlands, Switzerland, um, even in uh, Brazil. And I was like, Wow, okay. In Romania, I had absolutely no idea that they have offices everywhere. But I think that speaks about the organization that they include people from all over the world. It's so nice, like no matter where you are from or which country you reside in, Microsoft has an office. So you have an opportunity to work for an organization like this. So with the like multi-culture within the Netherlands, yeah. within Microsoft, do they run events that basically bring everyone together and there's a lot of like well-being and support there? Oh, yes. Uh, so we actually have, a, uh, we had a, a summer event um, two weeks back where our crews got together. Then usually at the end of every quarter, you will have an event which gathers everyone from Microsoft Netherlands, just not my organization, for example. Then Microsoft has a lot of um, uh, mental health benefits and um, like, like, for example, how I got to this podcast was through the Technical Women in Microsoft, which is a very big um, channel to support women engineers and women colleagues within the organization itself. It could be career support, it could be um, personal family support, or it could be podiums like this where you can get your career and your journey recognized. So Microsoft has so many options to support every type of community possible. Like they, we also have um, Teams channels for different type of hobbies. So suppose if you're in hiking, you can actually meet up with your colleagues who are other colleagues who are interested in hiking. So you have events for that as well. Especially in the US, these events are more active. This, there are a lot of events because you have concentrated uh, 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 kind of a population in Redmond or Seattle, for example. But in Europe, it's mostly like you will have virtual sessions or like for Netherlands organizes its own sessions, Switzerland will have its own. So we do have a lot of options like this. And what I will say That's about fine. the Microsoft Women's Channel is when I literally I put a post down on LinkedIn uh, yeah. asking for more guests to come and join this podcast because it's coming to like the natural end of the, the, the one cycle that we kind of did. And it's like, well, I need to find some more guests. So obviously, I put a post out on LinkedIn. I don't know who or not who's listened to this podcast or <laughs> has been on this podcast. Decided to basically take my post, post it into your women's channel because I got absolutely hammered with messages from women from all over Microsoft, from all over the globe. So obviously, this channel that Microsoft have, you know, has massive global reach because yeah. I have guests from literally Australia all the way over to Seattle asking to be on this podcast so whoever did that thank you i appreciate it it's given me a lot of, a lot of work to do but you know <laughs> it is what it is so I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy so we've got and, another andrew just sending the fine times out to me and asked me to update i was like just i just joined just send just do it wherever i'll just join like you don't got to the point now andrew you don't need a, you know what times i'm generally available just 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 put me in but we're good that has been eye opening how many people want to be on yeah, this podcast and want to share their stories yeah it's a very powerful group because a few months back um 
I wanted an experience to be a public speaker in one of the Dutch women in tech communities, but I didn't know how to actually, like who should I ask, which community should I be part of? So I just merely sent out a mail to technical women in Microsoft that I want to speak at events, I want to share my tech learnings. And then some woman noticed it from France. And then she said, okay, I have a colleague in the Netherlands office who organizes such events. Can you get in touch with him? I'll get you guys in touch. She got me in touch with him. I had a chat with that person. I shared my agenda of the uh, tech topic I wanted to discuss. I got a breakthrough to actually speak at an event for a woman in tech in Netherlands. So mm -hmm. it's such a inclusive group like, like it's so important to have such groups because when people like us want our uh, things to be heard and share our learnings or just even network, make friends or something, it's nice to have such groups in the organization. Is that the the Dutch Women in Tech group? Yeah, uh, uh, I so got Fem through the Femke. group through the Technical Women in Microsoft. Uh, so there is also a Dutch Women in Tech group, which is like a more community run by uh, one of our previous Femke. guests, mm -hmm. uh, Femke. So oh, can... yeah. So I actually uh, got in an event which is uh, where Femke was one of the uh, speakers as well. So I got an opportunity to uh, converse with her as well. Uh, it was one of the Dutch events. So that was a uh, nice event also. Yeah, Femke is MK is busy around the globe at the moment. I see her everywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So from the like the community stuff, then what kind of like really wanted to drive to start sharing your experiences? Because going out and doing that is, you know, can be quite challenging because you know it is quite a, a scary environment to, you know, go, I want to be at the front of the room with people looking at me, especially being, you know, a female colleague as well. You know, yeah. you have all that stigmatism around it. What know what drives you to do that yeah so um basically i think uh, because now i'm also a senior engineer sometimes i question uh, you don't always get the imposter syndrome okay am i as uh, good as all my colleagues in the same role or position and what will happen if I speak to external people uh, or third party people and how would they perceive my ideas and my learnings? Am I good enough? So my uh, late father had always like challenged me throughout my childhood that you should do things and get over your fears as soon as possible. So I would literally be like, as, uh, as you mentioned, Andy, I signed up for the event, but throughout till the event happened, I was questioning myself, can I do it? Will I freak out? Can I speak? But I, what drove me is basically the, the thing I wanted to overcome was the fear that I am good enough and I'm confident enough in my learnings. And I think this is a thing which needs to be shared. So I wanted to get confident, more confident in my uh, uh, personal um, journey as well. So I think I always pick up such opportunities. In fact, even this podcast just to speak about to get more confidence, like, yes, I can do it. And sometimes doing it yourself is so uplifting, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this podcast is here to share people's stories. And we shared, you know, this is episode 63. We've shared you know, so many stories in the time that this podcast has been going. And me, me and John have learned so much from it and, you know, made friends through it as well. 
through different things that we're doing. So, you know, it, it is a uplifting way of putting people in the spotlight. I use the word, John. Oh, um, <laughs> take a shot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I love doing it. I love you know hearing people how they've come from different backgrounds. And sometimes you know, people have had the similar experiences to myself. I mean, there is no difference. If someone wants to be in IT, then there's many different avenues to do that. Yeah, I think uh, as just like as you said, Andy, like to me, I feel already so good like talking to you guys and I'm like, OK, I got a place to share my experience. I don't know how it may be important or something, but at least I got a podium to share my experience and maybe someone listens to it and kind of relates to it and says, oh, there is a person out there with similar experience. So it's always nice to, you know, like it, I think it gives you a sense of comfort within that you have people with similar experiences or people willing to listen to you. For us women, I think that's the biggest thing, like people willing to listen to you. Yeah, as I say, like, my, my mission statement, mission goal for this podcast, I mean, if one person listens to this podcast and is able to resonate yeah. from it or take something from it and pull it into their their daily life, their careers, then me and John have achieved our goals. And Sophie as well, obviously part of our co-host, we've achieved the goals that we basically set ourselves because, you know, it's important to show that everyone is the same, no matter if you, what colour, what religion you, you follow. Yeah. You know, we're all here in a community, in a, a career space that we all love and enjoy. So let's you know, make it better. Absolutely, totally agree to that. So that's why I'm a big uh, a voucher for such things. Like even if like I need to be a facilitator for some things like this in my organization, I would always love to do too, just to bring out stories like this. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So, what's kind of? I like to have asked um twofold question. Um. And that is, what would you think is like your like the worst like worst experience you've had in your career but not only just what's the like the something bad has happened but how did you like overcome it what was like the the catalyst would you say in in your career for that hmm. so yeah i think one of the worst experiences i had um uh... i mean that could be like you know a, a, a male colleague it could be just a general bad experience it doesn't have to be just just like it could be absolutely anything so don't <laughs> yeah oh absolutely so i think uh one of the experiences uh which kind of really affected me as a person was when i was uh working with an organization and i was part of a team uh where people won't talk to you much like basically I was a new joiner in the team um, at that moment and uh, people in that team were around like 15 or 16 plus years into that team. So they would not talk to you much like for example during the uh, lunch uh, things uh, they would converse in their local language knowing um, I don't speak that local language and I would be like sitting in the middle of two people and they're conversing and they can see me, but they kind of chose to ignore it. So 
that was the feeling I was getting because of multiple incidents like this. And I felt really um, excluded for a few, um, few some time. And it started affecting me as well. Like, is it something, uh, is it my issue um, because I'm a new joiner or what is it? To uh, basically even um, eliminate that, I first had a chat with my manager. I'm like, why people are doing this? Why don't they want to converse? So they said that it's just because you're new in the team. Um, we just know each other from uh, before. But I did mention to my entire team that when a new person joins your team, you need to be inclusive. You need to be talking to the person making the person feel included in the team, making the person feel that the person has joined the right team, for example. And such attitude would actually just, um, just degrade the mental health for a new person. It did to me. So I used to set up how I uh, tackled it was in a bit of a different way. I set up one-on-ones with each team members of my team. And I asked them about, for example, what are your hobbies? What do you do apart from work? And how's your work going? What are you working on, etc. So because of this one-on-one, uh, they started getting a bit comfortable around a new joiner and they started conversing more. And they also realized that they are doing a little bit of mistakes uh, around not conversing. And it the situation became a little better after I scheduled all those one-on-ones. I tried to make an effort. They noticed that I was making an effort and they didn't make an effort. I would be honest, the problem was not eliminated, but at least it became better. But I learned a very valuable lesson that you need to be part of organizations where such things are really important. Like you feel the team member included no matter what and where the person comes from. That's why I'm a big advocate of diversity, inclusion, sustainability, all those aspects after that experience. Before that, I never really understood that much importance about it. But after going through even a small, like it's a very small drop in the ocean, but it affected me so badly. I was like, this should never happen to someone because it will start affecting your work as well. You'll not be able to give you 100% and you'll be always thinking, when can I move next? Can I leave this place? Can I go join some other team where I, because you're working eight, nine hours every five days of the week. So uh, that was, I think, the worst experience I have had. Yeah, and I, that I, think the way, I think the proactive way of overcoming that was was really good idea and, and stuff so the second part of the question yeah well is like what's been like the hands down like best the best part of your career like your favorite thing that like when you look back you go that was that was my favorite period that was my favorite incident yeah what was what's the what's the opposite of what you've just said oh so uh, <laughs> i think um there are many, but I, I will call out two because I can't decide between this because uh, the first was getting the recruiter call um, last year on, I think, June uh, June 20th. I remember the date. It was around 3 p.m. It was a Microsoft recruiter calling me that I got selected. I got the offer. For me, oh, nice. that was the 
like I literally cried that moment because I know how long I have been holding that dream that I wanted to join Microsoft so badly and it was finally happening and I I sat down on a couch and I was like I called my husband and like it really happened so that was one of the biggest things and second thing I really can't differentiate because second biggest thing was um in Walmart in the year 2021, um, in the month of April, uh, when you have your review sessions. So um, I I had my review session. So my current manager joined. And then I saw my other two previous manager also joined the call. And I was like, what is happening? And uh, they basically just joined the call just to tell me that that time I got a rating out of five out of five for my work in the last year. And they were like, they were really so proud of me for all the work I have done. And they wanted to make it a point to even convey how much I contributed to their work, even if they are not no longer my managers. And it meant so much to me that it because I had worked really hard and it was being recognized. So I think those are the two biggest career takeaways. Like I have it so fresh in my memory, to be honest. Awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I had that. That's a that's a that's a good good career highlight. <laughs> yeah. I always remember those whenever like when I was struggling to get uh, better jobs or like going through multiple interviews and not knowing where to strike. I always remember, especially the second moment that. I must have done something right, so I still should have confidence in myself. I think that kept me going on for a lot of interviews, to be honest. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So what's like, in your opinion, like, what, what do you want to do, like, as your next career jump? So mm-hmm. you settle down in Microsoft, you want to maybe venture within Microsoft, go to maybe a different role, different department, like, what's your... What do you think your dream role would be? Sure, John. So I would, uh, my dream role right now, uh, what I've perceived is something growing within Microsoft organization. Right now I'm like a senior software. So I see myself uh, growing to a principal role. I really want to be an architect where I can actually architect solutions for, uh, let's say, uh, other customers or for products within Microsoft organization. And I also want to be a leader, uh, especially uh, mentoring other juniors and being a leader in an, I've seen really good leaders and Microsoft, I think, provides a a podium for you to grow as a leader. So I think that's the next career step, which I'm looking at. So, I mean, I would love to see more women become architects because say is that that high level, because there is not many. Especially exactly, UK, exactly, Andy. It's nice. It would be nice to see more. Exactly, Andy. That's uh, you uh, spot on. There are not many, and um, there are many people who want to be. Actually, they want to become, but they're not sure. So even I'm not sure. Can I actually be an architect of that caliber? But that's what uh, is my next challenge, and I want to overcome that. Yeah, and so yeah. It's... It always comes back down to the thing where you have that job spec for for any particular role, and it's by men will basically see the job spec and go, yeah, I can do that. Where women will basically really pick out the finer details and not apply for the role because they don't meet 
all the necessary criteria. I mean, that's a conversation I've had many times in this podcast, and I'm still having it like in my day-to-day job in Fujitsu as well. It's you know we need to try and push people. You can do it, and go and apply for it. That's amazing. Yeah, such an empowering platform, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. I'll say we're coming close to our end time. So I've got one final question. Yeah. Um, Looking back on your current career history. Yeah. If you could go back in time and speak to the younger version of yourself that was basically traveling all around India, what advice would you give her? I think one advice definitely would be don't be so anxious because I have a lot of anxiety. Don't be so anxious. Things will work out well in their own time. Don't be impatient. Don't think that you're going to miss out on a lot of things or you will keep failing. When things would have to work out, they will. Just have trust and keep on doing the work. I think that's the biggest thing I would like to tell my younger self never lose confidence in yourself, whatever it will be. My father also always vouched for that. There have been so many times when I lost confidence and I was like, I I don't think I can do this anymore, etc. But now looking back, things eventually turn out to be the way you want them to if you put the hard work and perseverance into it. So it's just like, don't be impatient, don't be anxious, things will work out. Awesome. I think that's a very good note to end on right there. So, Mahona, thank you for joining us today. Massively appreciate it. Uh, John, again, thank you for always being here with me. Over these Thanks conversations. for having me, guys. Yeah, it's all right. Anyway, yeah, as I say, really, really, yeah, really great conversation and guests today. Thank you for for, for joining us. Um, yeah, another yeah. another great story for the for the podcast. So, um, would like to say for anyone that hasn't still listening to us um we've recently been nominated on the microsoft i can't remember school let me put it bring it up like uk communities awards something like that in the uk i saw that i saw that congratulations we we have been nominated for one of the best podcast stroke youtube channels the microsoft uk spotlight and recognition awards so yeah we've been nominated for that so i think i think um Voting will be opening, I think, next month or the month after. So if you're listening, please give appreciate the vote because we get free tickets to the event if we if we if we win one <laughs> nomination. So that I'll be quite happy with that. Yeah, we, we, like, we like free things. We don't, we don't get many free things in this podcast, but if Absolutely. we get free tickets to be nominated, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be really good. Cool. All right, thank you very much for your time, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll speak and speak soon, I guess. Cool. Thanks, Thank John and Andy, for having me. It was a great opportunity to speak, and uh, I wish you guys all the best of luck for the future podcast. And you guys are doing a great job. Like this is really amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Cheers. Yeah. Right. Cheers. See you all next time. Bye bye. Take care. Have a good weekend. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Microsoft Spotlight podcast. Please make sure you hit that like, share, and subscribe button to help us promote our message. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSFT Spotlight, and we're also on LinkedIn for Microsoft Spotlight Podcast. And finally, we'd like to tell you a little bit about Big Titan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast. Remote migrations start here. Let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure, and 100% SaaS, which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. 
migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.